All right, welcome back once again. And uh, just a few short days till Christmas. And um, so for today's subject, there was a, a person that attended our, our local Christmas parade this past past weekend, or the weekend before rather, and um, was a little disappointed with it. Um, see, they're new to the area and also a religious um, leader, and they they voiced their concern to the to the local newspaper and and um, they published what he had to say about it. And um, after reading it, I was asked as a as a pastor what my opinion on his opinion was. And um, what he was concerned about was is that it was very little to do with Christ. In fact, none at all. That there was a array of lights and the fictional characters that we see year after year and that sort of thing. Um, but he didn't see anything that represented the, the reason for the season, so to speak. And uh, so what was my, my take on that? And we have to, to look at a lot of different things because what we have established as our holiday traditions has been modified and changed. And we believe they come from, from one thing and represent one thing. And oftentimes that's, that's not the case. And it's just so happened that this year we've looked at the different holidays. We've talked about Halloween a little bit. We talked about Thanksgiving. And we uh, ran both of them things through the Word of God. We looked at it through His eyes by using His Word to see how we should respond and how we should act in, in these situations. And, and Christmas is, is no different. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather. Father, we ask you to open our hearts and minds to receive what you have for us. Father, decide to take myself out of the way and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. So, Christmas is a time that we should be reflecting on the Lord. It's a time that we have set aside to, to represent his birth, but in actuality, if we look at our biblical text, we'll see that this was not the time that our Lord and Savior came into the world. Fact that there's lots and lots of lots of stuff we could talk about about how many of our traditions, what we see, what we do has absolutely nothing to do with our Lord and was, was captured from different traditions. And some of them, as Christians, we really shouldn't be partaking of. And that's for, for a different time. We once did a study on that that took several hours to go through because there's a lot of stuff to cover and a lot of different topics we can talk about. And that's not really answering the question, and I don't want to get too far off topic of that, but there's a, 
a lot of different things that we could, could talk about. Now, the first thing we need to look at is, is how, how God feels about this. See, Jesus never said, remember my birthday. He never said, let's, let's mark my birth. The fact is that the celebration of one's birth, that's more of a Western civilization tradition and not a, a Jewish one. Not from Jesus' time. It's not a, a mark of, of importance. Now, Jesus did tell us to remember a few things. Like when he conducted the, the Last Supper. He said, use the bread as a remembrance of my body. Use the wine as remembrance of my blood. It is the, the sacrifice. That is the most important thing that we need to mark. It is the sacrifice that restored our connection with God. It is the sacrifice that bought us back from sin. Isaiah, Isaiah 7 and 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That is a prophecy. And in 9 and 6 of Isaiah, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We've talked many times about the Word of God and that everything that God has sanctioned to put in His Word has purpose and importance. It was not there for us to exchange gifts. We get so wrapped up in the, the details of what we see from the text and what we see represented that we can't see anything else. I've heard of people that only give their children three gifts because that's what they perceive that Jesus perceived. We only see a nativity scene with three wise men because of the three gifts that's represented in the text. When in reality, there was many of both. God is showing us through these details that his prophecy was fulfilled. That this baby was indeed the one prophesied, born of the virgin, 
that grew up to be the man that would hang on that cross and die for our sins. It shows the struggle, the challenge, and the miracle of God's power. Everything had to be very specific to bring Jesus into this world. It had to be a very specific bloodline through David. It had to be through the virgin mother so that blood was untainted. That this was the absolute miracle of God. That this was the birth of our Lord and Savior. It shows the challenges they faced from not having a place to be. The trouble that came against them. And how God provided and seen them through every situation. And with anything, even if God doesn't command it, God never said, okay, you need to worship Jesus on this day. The fact is that we need to have the mindset that we should have around this time of year each and every day. Jesus is not seasonal. We see that we have more church attendance during this time of year and in the spring around Easter than any other time. I believe there's some people that don't even know the church is open other Sundays other than them too. But Jesus is not seasonal. We should have him on our hearts and our minds each and every day. Every day should be Christmas to us as born-again believers. It's an opportunity to be able to share our Lord and Savior. Statistically, people are more open to it now than any other time. Which gives us an opportunity to be able to show how we feel and to show and tell who our Lord and Savior is. But it gets so clouded and everything seems to overshadow where we, we started with this. When we started to form our Christmas traditions, 
the church, the Roman Catholic Church, was trying to grow itself. And it's seen all these people doing these different things, and it said, okay, we can do these things, but come into our fold, and we can celebrate together. And Jesus can be the first and the beginning of it, the reason for it. And I believe at the time that they had good intentions, but in actuality, it's hard to capture people's hearts with gimmicks. We try all sorts of things to get people in the church. We have special presentations. We have special things we give away. We do all kinds of things to try to get them in the doors. Most of the time, they're only there for just those reasons and nothing more. It's hard to get things to stick. It takes a person doing things several times before it starts to become a habit. And they need to hear the word multiple times before it really starts to, to peak in interest. And all the while, they still have to have a heart and a desire to want to receive it. And without that, we can't accomplish much. We talked last week that all of us have a void that is part of our human condition. And the only thing that can fill that void is Jesus. And that we have to realize that, that nothing else can take that shape. That there's no drug, there's no activity, there's no material good that can feel and take the place of Jesus. That he is the only thing. And no matter what you believe, no matter what your thought process is, is that, that is fact. That we all long for Jesus. And we may not want to call it that, we may not want to believe that, but that is what that whole is. That is what you're longing, that is what you're seeking. We are meant to be with him. We are like two magnets attracting. He wants to be with us. We want to be with him. The only difference is he knows it and we fight it. So, to answer the question... There are things that we do that are in good intentions that we don't have a, a harmful mind for that we get caught up in our traditions that we do. We have to look at what's behind it in the heart. Now, if... People were dressed up as 
the nativity. Would that make a difference? Possibly. At least it's showing that we care, that we have a desire for Jesus. Could we spell out his name in lights? We could. Sometimes we have to break things down to very basic things because we don't take the time to study. We don't know all of the facts. I told you I could break down hours and hours and hours of stuff of how these things came to be. We could go through the process and we could look and we could pretty well pinpoint within a you know, about four-week window about when actually Jesus was born. Does that make us any closer to him? For us tried and true believers, maybe. But when we're trying to, to seek the lost, the ones that don't know, the children out there, they know who Santa Claus is. They know who the Grinch is. But what about Jesus? Perhaps if there was a few more nativity things set up that we would propose a few more questions. They could ask, well, who is that? Who is that baby there? What is that story about? And hopefully there's some adults that can explain who exactly that is and why we do what we do and what it represents. And for that, I say, yes, we need more. We need any kind of positive representation that we can get. Now, when we go on the defense and we start attacking, it does not make us look good as believers. It does not make us look good as a church. It does not make us look good as followers of Jesus Christ. We're not here as individuals or as teachers, religious leaders, to drive what we think into someone else. You hear me before we get started too deep? God, it's your message. I'm just here to present it. And I have what the Word tells us here. And through the Lord, I try to present it in a way that is easy to understand, that works in our modern world, examples that we can relate to. 
And it is the word of God. So it is growing. It is evolving. The more we learn, the bigger our picture gets. The more pieces we have to the puzzle. Now you notice that's all on our part of it. The word itself is solid. It doesn't change. What changes is our knowledge of it. How we see it. We mature. We grow in it. Anytime you do something over and over again, you get better at it. You find better ways to do it. You're faster. You're more efficient in doing so. Your technique improves. That's what's happening when we're in the Word. But it has to start somewhere. And so many times we have an idea and we think that our idea is everything and what we are all knowing. And we want to push that to the forefront. And we all have an opinion and we all can tell people what they should do. But the real thing is action. Instead of complaining about what's not there, the thing should be, what can I do myself to put it there? You don't think God is properly represented? Represent him. Represent him. Instead of complaining about what everyone else has or hasn't done, it's time to, okay, what do I need to do? How can I be a part of this? How can I show what this is about? How can my family, my church, my community represent God? And see, till you get up to the forefront of it, it wasn't like they said, no, you can't do this. You can't be a part of it. It's just the fact that you didn't. And the seeing that there is a a shortage, a problem, now you have a full year that you can rush headlong to be part of that change. And all of us need to look at that. What can I do more of? How can I represent Jesus? As we go through and we get caught up and and all the, the different things, year after year, it becomes more and more of a strain because we have all these tasks that we have to accomplish. 
and it's crowded and it's busy and things are expensive and we have all these challenges we have to face. And we've done nothing to represent Jesus. In fact, is many times it is driving us in a opposite direction. You know, Satan, he works very slippery, very sneaky. He wants to take everything that is of God and he wants to twist it around and make it uncomfortable, unpleasant. And that's exactly what he's doing. First thing is we need to cut out as much of this Jesus stuff as possible. He wants to take his axe to it. He wants to do it away. And then we take the basis of what the holiday is supposed to represent and we make it a task. And we make the task unenjoyable. So instead of a time of togetherness, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men and all these other fancy Christmas sayings that we have. We're supposed to have joyful hearts. We're singing all these heartfelt songs, joy to the world. Instead of having that, that feeling, we have feeling of dread. We have disgust. We're tired. We're angry. We're pushed to the limit. You know, we have to go out, we have to fight the crowd, but on top of that now, it's challenging because there are supply shortages and we can't find the things that we need. And now that the things that we need or want cost three times as much as they did the year before. And we're having to make choices about what goes, what stays, and what can we do. And we're losing that sense of joy. We can't find that peace. God wants us to be at peace. We go back to it. He is our source. He is our reason. It's not about our circumstances because what the circumstances are always going to come. Life will be difficult time after time again. God is consistent. And no matter what our circumstances are, He is there to be our peace. He is there to be our source. He is our healing. He is our provision. He is our love. Jesus never said, remember me on my birthday. Jesus never said to set aside this day. He wants us to remember the sacrifice. Remember the word. 
You know, it was never about traditions. Jesus, he stood up against what was the normal of the time, which was the traditions of the time. He stood up with, for that, against it, and he brought forth Scripture, the Word of God. And he said, this is the way it should be. And people were intimidated by that. It was a threat on their power, on their money, on their influence. It was a threat just because it was change. And we fear change. It was different. And no one could argue against it because it was the Word of God. And the Word of God is the absolute truth. God wants us to have fun. It's hard. We're so busy. The world is so aggressive and puts so much pressure on us. It's hard for us to set aside time for family, for fun, for enjoyment. So from that aspect, it's good that we can have a time to come together. To fellowship with one another. And just like we talked about with, with Thanksgiving, if we can look at it and we can do things that align with God. And these are all the things. God wants us to love one another. God wants us to be at peace. God wants us to come together as family. God wants us to see us gather in church. These are the things that God wants of us. And if we can do that, and we can represent Him, and we can do things in a godly way, then that is perfect. That's what God wants. But if we are letting it drive us to the other way, if we're getting caught up in the tradition and what the world tells us we need to do, and all these things that have nothing to do with God, then we need to take a step back and we need to reevaluate what our position is and what we are doing. And if we don't feel like there's enough representation of God, then we need to see what we can do about it. It's so easy to complain. It's so easy to talk about it. God likes action. What can we do individually? What can we do? How can we make that change? How can we show whose we are? When you're out there in the world, how does the world know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? How do they know that you are covered in his blood? How do they know all the things that he has done for you? It's getting hard to tell. It's getting hard to tell. Used to be we could tell because there was so much outward. You know, we put so much Jesus in, it's going to have nothing to do but to flow out. And we see less and less and less of that in the world. One reason is because we don't put enough in for anything to come out. 
and the, the world wants to squash it, and we're so intimidated by the world that we're scared to show any Jesus. You know, everything that we're scared of is scared of God. He is the supreme being. And he is our heavenly father. We have nothing to fear and everything to gain when we represent him.